You're listening to The Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaiano. This is such a timely topic as we roll into the end of the year and we're all being prompted to take stock of what we've done and decide where we want to go. You know, it's a natural thing to reflect and to plan. And today's topic is something to keep in mind as you do your reflection and your planning. Today's episode is all about creative confidence. It's not a term that's so widely used, but one that I believe as business owners, we need to embrace. It's about putting yourself and your ideas out there. It's about addressing the fears that come up, and it's about believing in your own ability to change the world around you. Yes, right? Dip into your creative confidence as you make your plans going forward. How are you going to impact your communities with the work that you do? My guest today is Kara Steinman, a business development strategist and community builder who creates online spaces that make it easier for women entrepreneurs to build successful businesses without compromising their mental health. And she believes in the collective power of women, and that is the key to dismantling these systems of oppression. And she's made it her mission to remove the obstacles that keep women separate so that they can build more wealth and amplify their impact together. Agreed, we are stronger together for sure. And we are stronger when we embrace the concept of creativity in our daily lives. We become stronger thinkers, stronger idea makers, and stronger community builders. Kara uses writing as her conduit to creative confidence and has created a community, the Literation Lab, where women can gather, write, and share their work. We dive into Kara's story of how she lost her own creative mojo and then what she developed to get it back. And when you take a macro look at our own lives, creativity, it's about problem solving. And we've all got our own set of problems, but taking the step to think creatively, it gives you the ability to create a path to solve your own problems. The long game is Creative Confidence with Kara Steinman. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The long game? That's my approach to business. You gotta show up, you gotta do the work, and there are no quick fixes for long-term success. It takes creativity, it takes strategy, and it takes listening to the voice inside you. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, bringing you real-world business-building experiences, conversations with creators who are out there doing it now, and ideas to spark the energy in your own business. And along the way, we're going to have a little bit of fun as well. So thanks for being here, and let's get to today's episode. You're listening to The Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaiano, and I'm so excited to be talking today with my guest about creative confidence. This concept is so important for business owners because you need to think creatively and let ideas flow when it comes to running a business. And I've come to know that this podcast is the intersection of creativity and strategy because those are the elements that support success. 
doing business your unique way, and then approaching business strategically once you have your ideas. So today I'm joined by Kara Steinman, community leader, writer, and certified meditation and mindfulness coach. So we're going to dive right into it. Welcome, Kara. Thank you for having me. Awesome. I mean, we've had we connected immediately when we were yeah. brought together. So this is going to be full of energy today. Well, let's talk about what creative confidence is because people tend to think always creativity is artistic. And I'm always saying like, hey, no, you just need ideas in any realm of your life. So let's talk a little bit about like, how do you view creative confidence and how do you term it? I think there's probably a lot of different ways to define creative confidence, but my favorite one that I've found is that creative confidence is believing in your ability to change the world around you, which if you think about it, that's your future. That's the business you're building, the offers you're creating. You have to have the creativity and the confidence to put them out there. You have to come up with the ideas, let yourself think outside the box. I hate that. That phrase is so overdone, but (laughs) you know, color outside the lines. And you have to have the confidence to put it out there because fear is huge when it comes to blocking creativity. Yeah. And it really zaps so many people of their like true mm-hmm. essence, that whole fear piece, you know, because yeah. so many women think business is about the grind or the hustle, you know, and as I've gone further into working with my clients and my own business, like I've really come to realize that it's all about the flow. It's the ebb and flow. So there are some push times, but that creative spark is so important. And you talk to people and they think they've lost that creative spark. They have a lot. Most of us have. I told you about that study. I'll share it with your listeners. This just blew my mind. So I think I told you when I started getting really interested in creativity again, I was like, I had forgotten how to write because that's how I got into marketing. I just, I was a good writer. I enjoyed it. I loved it. It flowed out of me like, no, nobody's business. And then I started writing for business and blogging and SEO and copywriting formulas and all these rules and stuff. And I think that was just the cherry on the cake of squeezing it out of me because then I sat down 15 years later to write. I had some thought leadership and I wanted to write and I wanted to share some stories and say some things. And I was like, I couldn't do it. I was just stuck and it was a weird feeling. And so I thought at first it was a writing problem. And then I started digging into it and realized it's a creative confidence problem and it gets squeezed out of us. And I found this study when I was going down the rabbit hole that NASA did years ago. And it was a longitudinal study of 1600 kids and they tested them at five years old and 96% of them tested as creative geniuses at five years old, four and five years old. Five years later, they tested them again and only 30% could claim that. Five years later, so they're 15 now, they take the test again, and only 12% were still at that creative level. And then 20 years old, they test them again, and only 2% tested that high at a creative genius level. And that just sort of blew the lid off how school and society and all of these shoulds and expectations and you know, shame about doing things. Yeah, all these things squish it out of us. And there's like, there's four fears that I've seen that are like, so there's fear of the messy unknown, fear of being judged, fear of the first step and fear of losing control. And if you think about it on top of all the rules and the convergent thinking that like standardized testing, there's one right answer. You have to do it right. And you're going to get praised if it's all right. And you're going to get shamed if it's wrong. And all of that builds to this like just dampening and it's in there. It's still in there, Mm -hmm. but we're just like, our subconscious is doing everything it can to protect us from being creative because that gets us in trouble growing up. Yeah. I'm so 
in touch with that right now, having kids that are school age too. Like I'm yeah. like, I tell them, I'm like, the tests don't matter. It doesn't matter. Like just go and do yes. that. And like, I don't care. You're not getting trouble by me. <laughs> if, right. you know, they say that you're not at a certain level, like, so, you know, because yeah. we try and encourage them in all these other ways. And, but it's so interesting because as a society, that is the, the path, unless you're really saying, Hey, I'm homeschooling or I'm doing Montessori or something, but like, it's just not possible for all of us and for everyone because of how our society is. So as adults, we've got to make that effort to go back and reclaim it and And, wrap it. And I have to imagine that as much as Google and social have brought people together and opened up the world for people, it's probably also really narrowed our thinking. I'm guilty of this. I go to Google. I'm like, what's the answer? Go to Google instead of just thinking about it. And then on social, you know, we're looking at what other business owners are doing. We're looking at the right, we're looking for the right way. How is, where's the answer for the successful business, for the passive income, for all these things? How do we get to be these successful entrepreneurs? And there's a formula somebody's selling us and we don't have to think about it. But what if it's not right for us? We're also individual. Oh my gosh. One of the things I profess is you can follow any formula, but you have to customize it because you've got your own audience, your own ideas, your own offers. Like everything is customized to your brand. So you cannot just take someone's formula unless you're really customizing it. Yeah. It's not going to work for you. Yeah. So that the finding that study kind of blew my mind and kind of pissed me off. Yeah. Like I know I totally. I know I'm not as like overtly creative. I've I've never been able to draw very well, which is fine. That's like one way people think of being creative, right? But I right. could write. I was silly when I grew up. I could make up games and clubs and I wasn't afraid to be different. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, that's a fear. It's always in the back of my mind. Am I going to be judged for doing things differently? And it really kind of made me mad and I wanted to figure out how to get it back if we even could get it back. And we can. It's a muscle. Creativity is a muscle. And so is confidence. The more often you do something and you don't get criticized, the more likely you're going to be to do it again. Right. And that's where community comes in, right? Being exactly. a, is supported by a community or surrounded by a community of people on the journey with you, those like-minded yep. women who help build your confidence so that when you go wider, you're a little more impenetrable. Impenetra- Impenetrable. Impenetrable. Yeah. Why did that I got sound you. not right coming out of my no, mouth? No, it sounded fine. You're good. Say. It's uh, funny too, because we think of like social as as community. We're in this Facebook groups and on social and stuff. And, and it, but it's so big, nobody's really paying attention in a lot of ways. Whereas like in one of my communities the other day, I posted something about one of our members who's writing a book and she's getting it published. And I was like, you guys, we got to, let's do this. Let's support her. Let's give her reviews. Let's help her out. And 90% of the community is like, hell yeah because it's small, right? which isn't intuitive. Right. And there is, you know, a piece to that in community building where if you're able to connect, you know, you have to build in those pieces of connection, which in learning about the communities that you've built, you've really created that. So women feel connected to one another, not just this is another space where I scroll past posts type of thing. Yeah. And with something else really beautiful that happens when you get really vulnerable and intimate in a small community setting is that you get to really value how different you all are. And that helps with the creative confidence also, because you can see how you operate a little bit differently than somebody else. And instead of being afraid of that, because you have rapport, you get to celebrate it instead. And that helps you step into being different and 
thinking different and operating differently, which helps you build your business more attuned to how you should be living anyway. Yeah. And I'm thinking about this concept of writing and what you bring to your community are these prompts to really get back that creative spark. And all my listeners, they're familiar with the concept of journaling or morning pages and even that concept of the morning routine. And this is something that I struggle with in this season of my life, even though I know the benefits. You know, I work out a few times in the morning and then every day I got to get the kids up and out of the house. So my day, then I, you know, it doesn't start off with like my time except for exercising. So like, how can you approach this? Because it is always so focused on do it in the morning before you get up. I mean, I'm up getting up at 5.15 in the morning. Like I can't get up any earlier. <laughs> I really yeah, same. That's right what now. time I get up. And, and <laughs> I the- mean, I meditate laying down in the morning, like for a few <laughs> minutes. You're not even supposed to do that. But I'm like, I'm just here. I'm laying, I'm thinking freely. Uh, you know, I'm just giving myself a few moments before I get up and get going. So with these daily prompts, how do we incorporate them without it being like, how do we find time for that? So this is Literation Lab you're talking about is this community, right? That I created to help us build our, reclaim our creative confidence, reclaim what's different about us and what's awesome about us and let us put it out there and create whatever business or offers or things that we want in the world. But at first I thought, it was a writing problem, right? So you're talking about morning pages. I thought, I just have to do it. I know that if I can force myself to do it, to show up and do the thing. Muddle through. (laughs) Knowing that I've never been very good at forcing myself to just show up and do the thing. But I tried. I thought, if I can, I will show up for other people. Maybe that's not the best trait, but I will show up for other people before I show up for myself. Working on that. However, so I I get this idea that we're going to do this in community and we're all going to show up and we're going to co-write together one day a week with a prompt. And that didn't work because we're all busy and nobody's got time to sh- commit to this thing for ourselves. And also it and brings up a lot of- when is the right time to do it, right? And it's emotional. And we're yeah. a little bit afraid of that sometimes too. And, and not everybody is not- Seven in the morning is not the same for everybody. It, it doesn't work. It has to be on our own time. And so instead of solving the problem that way, I had to try to trick myself into showing up by making it fun, by making it collaborative and by making it so short and easy. So now the prompts are daily. There's a daily prompt and it takes 10 minutes or less. I don't even set my timer for 10 minutes because usually it takes like three or four minutes to do it. And it's there are like 28 different types of prompts. And the reason I keep showing up and it's when I say it's tricking myself, it's because I'm showing up to see what everyone else is up to. There's one gal that she gets the prompt at 9 a.m. her time in Germany. That's midnight here. So when I wake up in the morning, I know Hedvika has already done her prompt. And I want to see what she came up with and how different that is from what I came up with. So in this group that you've created or in this community, are you're sharing your prompts. It's not just yeah. about you doing the prompts for yourself, which you are, but then mm-hmm. you're also sharing them in the group aspect yeah. so that you are finding accountability, right? Finding inspiration. We're finding, yeah, we're finding feedback. We're actually, we're learning something about ourselves too. Because one of the things I realized was when we're in a vacuum, I had all these stories. I wanted to tell all these stories and I could never tie them to my own thought leadership. I was like, well, that's a great story, but how does it relate to my thought leadership? And so I shared one with my girlfriend and she was like, are you kidding that? Totally. Here's the theme. Here's the theme. Here's the theme. And I'm like, oh, I never thought of it that way because it was my lived experience. And I can't get outside of my own head sometimes. So having someone bounce 
you off of yourself once in a while really helps you kind of like expand the way that you see yourself and think about what you're doing. So that collaborative part is incredibly important as long as it's a safe space. So Mm -hmm. yes, we share like in the comments, some of them are poetry prompts, like limericks and acrostic poems. And you put your poem right in the comments if you feel comfortable. If not, don't do it, but show up and do it for you. And eventually maybe one day you'll feel comfortable. Yeah. And I love that idea of a fresh perspective, getting outside of our own ideas. Like we're all living our lives on the daily and have our own stresses or our own routines. And to really take that time to be outside of ourselves with this, to help go through that. I want to also ask you about, we talked about 28 types of prompts and and some of them are thematic like that, but Mm -hmm. you had mentioned that these are research-backed exercises, right? Like they're not just like, Hey, tell me this because of, you know, for no reason. So you've gone into that. Like, so each one, there's like seven pillars that you really write about. So talk to us about using these exercises and these, and talk to us about what those pillars are. So we can start to imagine some of this for ourselves. Yeah. So when I decided I needed to fix this problem for myself, I like to do it together. So I'm going to fix this in a community where we can all do it together because I know I'm not the only one who has this problem. And so I went down the research rabbit hole and my because my background's in behavioral science and psychology, that's what I got my degree in. And I've been studying it forever because I just think people in our brains are so fascinating. And then, so I go down the rabbit hole and I'm like, okay, so if we if we've lost it, great, it's happened, too bad. But how do we get it back? What do we need? What stalls creativity and what makes it bloom. And so I I ended up finding seven different categories and you can put things in different numbers of categories depending on how granular you want to be. I put them in seven categories because I wanted a different one for each of the day, each day of the week. So one of them is calm. We have to have calm. If our limbic system is aggravated, if our nervous system is anxious, which I mean, who's isn't all the time pretty much. Get in the we can't be creative. We're in if we're in fight or flight, we cannot be creative. We cannot access that part of us to the extent that we need to. So we have to practice ways to be calm. So maybe an ice bath facial or some breathing techniques. And because I had the meditation and mindfulness instructor certification, I don't actually coach people. I just wanted the information. So I got it. Right. So maybe some guided meditations, some breathing exercises, some mindfulness meditations. Those are, you know, within 10 minutes, you can do something like that. So those are the calm ones. And then there's freedom, rebellion, embodiment, emotion, restraint, and inspiration. We have to have some restraint. We have to have something to push against, right? Yeah. And I think they're really interesting because taking them one by one, and these are the categories that you're writing under. like So emotion, right? You have to be in touch with what's happening inside of you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us aren't. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of those prompts are like, some of them are poetry prompts because poetry is, is helps you when you're thinking about writing poetry, you're supposed to be evoking emotion. So there's some poetry, but then there's some storytelling. Tell a story about a time in your life when this happened. How did it feel? And you know, some of those can feel kind of personal, so you don't have to share it in the comments. But one of the prompts that was most, I think, impactful so far was one where I think the prompt was something like, share something you thought was true when you were a child that you know now is not true. And the variety of answers that we got were really kind of incredible. And I think I even teared up when I was writing mine because you start to think about things in a different way 
and then you're being vulnerable. I'm typing it right in the comments. But what was so beautiful were the responses like, wow, I think I might have felt that way too when I was a kid. You're just sort of reflecting and getting in touch on a very minuscule scale, very quickly, and then moving on your day. As you're talking about that, I start thinking about this becomes a compilation of things. Like if you have this desire to create, or you say, I'm not creative, I have writer's block. Like, well, you're creating in these small containers that you can then pull together and have a body of work after yeah, like, I, two months. I mean, think about it. 10 yeah. minutes a day, a prompt for 30 days. Yeah. You've now got and, and it's built in circle, which is cool because then you can just go to your profile and see everything you've written and you can collect it all if you want to. Like I, I wrote, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really fun too. I like to see what everybody's doing and we're kind of getting to know each other on a different level than you would. What do you do? Where are you from? What do you like to do? We're jumping right into the deep end with what did you believe when you were a kid that now you know is a lie, like that kind of thing. And it's just different. And honestly, it's an experiment. I figured this would probably work and I have some feedback so far that it does. You know, it'll probably evolve and change as I learn more about which prompts work best and which prompts people tend to like. But one of our members said what she loves most about it is that it shows her where she's blocked the most because she will come up against that resistant feeling when she does a certain type of prompt. And she'll be like, ooh, I'm feeling uncomfortable about this prompt. This is maybe something I need to look at. But they're so short and so compact that she can push through for two minutes and finish it. It's not asking her to write an entire book. It's right, just right. So, so she's have she's getting that sort of like win. And she does it first thing in the day. I usually get to it around like 11 or 12, but she's getting through it. And that gives her more confidence throughout the day, she said. Yeah. And I love the collection piece. Like you're collecting these ideas. So she might say, I'm feeling resistance in something, but now it's noted and she can come back to it to work on that or even pull it out. Like your categories are interwoven in a way, like emotion. Mm -hmm. We talk about these emotion prompts, but every emotion is embodied in freedom, inspiration, restriction. It's all, it's all tied together. Different emotions. So you could take threads from one one prompt and continue it in another prompt to help you unravel your story or reveal your story when you're having a hard time figuring out how to put that out there. Absolutely. You can use it in a lot of different ways. And I think it builds on itself because say the embodiment category or not embodiment, emotion, the emotion category. If some of us, like I spend a lot of time in my head and not a lot of time in my body, I need the embodiment. I need the emotional connection. But the calm part, regulating my nervous system is going to allow me to access my body and my emotions more. So every day that I do that exercise, the next prompt is going to get even easier. So the calm prompts, they are actually like a breathing exercise or something. That's like a writing piece. So that goes hand in hand. It's a different type of piece. They're all different. Like some of them, there's doodling exercises because there's some value in... And I doodle all the time when I'm on the phone and I'm in the research, I realized why is because it helps you retain information. That slight distraction actually helps you retain information. So I've been doing this without even thinking about it, but you can prompt yourself to do 10 minutes of abstract doodling or like geometric doodling or 
flower doodling. You can you can direct it in a little bit of a way. There's so much fun stuff. One of my favorites is the collaborative storytelling. So I start with a prompt and then the first person to get there start, says the next sentence of the story. Mm-hmm. And then the next person builds on that. And the only rule is you can't go twice in a row. So my girlfriend, Melissa, she's been on vacation. She can come back and keep going on this week's story when she gets back. So she'll do that. That's another thing. Rules schmules. You can do it every day or you can come in once a week and do it for an hour or 45 minutes and do all the ones you want. But it's really interesting to show up and see what everybody else is doing. And it really kind of bolsters your own confidence because you're going to find that you think of something in a way that somebody doesn't think about it. Yeah. And it's being inspired what other people are doing as well. Like when you're motivated in a way because you're with the group, there's the group movement. There isn't leaving people behind. You can come and go. But when you do things in a community, you move along. You get carried sometimes when you need to be. Yeah. I think it's working so far and I'm stoked. I feel really good about it and I'm enjoying it. So my biggest victory here is that I tricked myself into showing up and having a good time. And I think if it wasn't fun, I wouldn't show up. Yeah. I mean, you know, it goes back to that piece of when you say I tricked myself, like, because you understand the importance of creativity in reaching your goals and doing what you want to do, whether that's be happy or crush it in your business. You know, that creativity piece really is important in letting our minds come up with new ideas. You know, and I think that's, Again, we always say like, hey, you get the best ideas in the shower or I'm always walking my dog and I'm like, oh, okay, that's a good idea, right? Because it's like my mind is flowing free at those times. We're not getting the influx of messages. We're not doing all this other distractions that we have. So it's important to have that time. I think I shared with you like the moment when I realized this was not a creative comp or this was not a writing problem. It was a creative confidence problem. And I was listening to that book and it talked about this gal with all the different, I won't ruin it for anybody, but this gal that had all these different potential lives that she could have lived and she got sucked into some of them. And she was like, wow, I couldn't have even imagined that my life would turn out that way had I made just one tiny choice differently. And I was like, oh my God, you have to imagine it. You have to be able to imagine it for it to come to fruition. And going back to that definition of believing in your ability to change the world around you, that's not even necessarily just business. If you're in a marriage that you're not happy with and you need to figure out how to change your reality, change the world around you. Find a better way to live. Find a different job. Mm -hmm. Change the situation you're in at your work. I mean, we're talking to entrepreneurs right now, but this goes far beyond our business to our lives and the next step we take and imagining what that looks like. We have all the options in the world if we can just imagine them. Yeah. And I, I think back to that idea of like societal constructs, like you can think differently. That's one of the things I really try and bring to the work that I do. And when I work with my clients, I'm like, you don't have to do it the same way. You can be who you are. You can think differently. Even though society told us to do this or is telling us to do that. That creative confidence is building so you can be who you really are and let that out. Yeah. And I think one of the things that makes me particularly good for running this program in this community is that I'm really good at making mistakes. 
They do it all the time and it's messy and it's uncomfortable, but I've realized I can't help it. I don't know if it's the ADHD thing. I'm always saying the wrong thing. I have ideas that don't pan out sometimes, but I keep trying, right? So in this community, the first time we had the unusual words prompt where you take an unusual word you've never heard and you have to use it in a sentence, I thought so hard about the sentence, I didn't even use the word. And we were laughing about it later in the text thread because I'm like, I know the rules. I wrote that. Like, how can I screw that up? And I've made a few mistakes in there and it's messy and we're letting it be messy. And life is messy too. We spend a lot of energy trying to make it not messy, but it is. Yeah. And I think having this group and this support helps you, again, when you're going out into the rest of the world, right? You can laugh at yourself a little bit more. You can say, it doesn't matter as much. And you're building some of that strength, that strength muscle along the way. I I just find it so interesting being in this time of my life where it's like, you know, we joke, I'm 50 now and and my girlfriends were just like, it's the fuck it phase, right? It's the whatever, because there's still hesitation. If someone asked me to stand up and speak in front of a room, I'm working on that, right? Like, yeah, it'll be hesitant. And so there are these confidence pieces. I do this podcast so that I can talk about the things that I like and bring people forth that I want to have conversations with that I feel are important for us to have out there and have these conversations, not just what's the best way to market your business, you know, type of yeah. getting a little deeper. So it is about that confidence piece, you know, this creative confidence. So I really want everybody to think about how they're bringing their own creativity into the work that they do, into the life that you're living. And it touches every aspect of our lives. I mean, from trying to make dinner and discovering you're missing a key ingredient and still trying to make that work to deciding which offers you want in your business and how you're going to structure them and who you're going to offer them to. Like getting outside, we're told so often there's one way to do it and we're going to be criticized and penalized if we do it differently. And it's just not true. There's not one way to do it. There's a bazillion different ways to do it. And you just have to be open enough to imagine that there's a different way and confident enough to try and let it fail or win. We don't know. And be surprised by- Be surprised. Like, be surprised I think we need by to your play own success more. if you keep putting yourself out there. We need to play more. It gets beat out of us. And I want it back. I want to feel like I did when I was five, six, seven years old. And I didn't give a rip what anybody thought. And I was having fun. I would like to have some fun. And it's funny because I come from a creative space in my thinking. And just the other day, I was on with a client who I've started working with. And she was saying something in our conversation to the the effect of like, well, you're a creative. And that's why I want to work with you because you're going to bring the creative ideas. And it even for a minute, I was like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) I'm creative, right? Like, And I don't think about it on my daily, but I've now hit a point where I'm like, that's how I operate, you know, and other people see it now because that's how I operate. Hey, you should do that. Or why aren't you taking that and developing that idea and running with it instead of this thing, right? But it still stops me. I mean, I took note when she said it like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm working on a piece just FYI, I'm writing again. And I am actually publishing it, which is pretty nice because there was a lot of fear. I would publish something and I'd take it 
right back down oh, if God, I could get it pub- written. I feel so, but it, it's not happening anymore. I'm publishing it. It's out there. If it's not perfect, who cares? Whatever. But I was gonna say there's so I'm doing some research on a piece I want to write about how women over 40 are actually a creative powerhouse. We are the creative powerhouse because we're doing the Saturn returns thing. And we're old enough that we've seen a lot. We know that it's okay to fall down. And we're in touch with our emotions, I think, at this age in a way that maybe we haven't been, or we're considering how we can be more in touch. And that that's like a perfect storm for this deep well of creativity to just like flow back up again. Yeah. And I think you've got to just be open to it, putting yourself in situations where you can be creative and understanding that creativity comes in all these different forms. You know, mm-hmm. this client sees me as creative, but I'm not painting anything, right? I'm not, yeah. I'm creative with my connections and my relationships and my speech. So yes. I'm very creative in that way. And my own ideas, letting them flow and sharing those ideas. So and it problem inspires solving. people, right? So it doesn't have to be painting. It doesn't have to be flower arranging or whatever. It doesn't have to be a hobby based, you know, for you to be creative. And, and that's really what I want people to understand. Like the creative confidence is in how you live your life every day. You're so right. It it is not the painting. I mean, yes, that is creative, but that's what we see. I would say more often than not, it's the problem solving. It's the, I have this going on and I need my situation to be different. How am I going to make that happen? What am I going to do? And that's probably where it shows up most for me. Like even in literation lab, I have this problem. How am I going to solve this problem? By creating something that helps me solve this problem. And even if it's just me in there, that's fine. There's like 10 of us right now. We just launched not that long ago. I think the more people that come in, the more fun it will be because we'll have more opportunity to see how different people think and learn from different cultures and different backgrounds. And you know, why would you do it that way? That's really interesting. So it's just all of our lives. We need it. We've been squished into this little box where there's one right answer and it's just a lie. And I'll tell you, if it's one thing that we all have in common is we have problems, you know, yeah. like we all yes. have problems. So really taking that step to think creatively and create a situation or a path to solve your own problem. That's really brilliant. And what drew me to you in the beginning when we started talking about this, Kara. So I want to thank you so much for coming on here and just sharing about the ideas here and how that this can be an answer to your problem solving issues, all of us individually. Everyone, you can find Literation Lab, more info and more info on Kara and how to follow her on social in the show notes. So thank you so much for coming today and everybody check it out. This was a blast. Thank you. Awesome. All right, everybody. We will see you next week. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more information, links mentioned in this episode and the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on and leave a review. Both of these make a really big difference. All right. Until next time, keep playing the long game.